All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of Derek's Discussions. Today, it's episode 44, and we got Cam here today. First of all, how are you doing today? I'm doing good. How are you? It's, 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 it's another day in the neighborhood, as everybody yeah. likes to call it. There's no good days. There's no bad days. It's just kind of what it is. But kind of going into just kind of about you, we talked earlier kind of like you know, you, you played sports, you want, you're, you're interested in sports just in general. So talk to me just about your kind of journey, just like playing sports and like what you've done so far. Okay. So I started playing sports around when I was probably like three years old. So I was, I started off playing soccer and, um, in Connecticut and then, um, you know, I just, I got bored of it. I got injured. And, I, you know, it was a pretty bad injury. I think I uh, broke my ankle into two parts. And then I stopped for a while. And so and then I went to play football for a little bit. I got carried off the field like, at least like 15 times that year. Done with that. And then I played basketball until my sophomore year in high school. And then uh, ran competitively in tracks. Um, track and field of the out the second all state in my senior year in a 55 meter dash and a four by two what has it made you um and as a person it you know it made me patient you know, sometimes it's like, especially, you know, I've dealt with so many injuries and it's so the patient that I had to deal with, that I had, you know, that I needed to get by these injuries and also like decision-making and, you know, changing the sport around, you know, the here and then, you know, went from soccer, you know, football and then basketball and then track, you know, deciding what better, you know, what I'm the best at or whatever what my body, you know, was able to do. It just um, was hard, but also that, you know, it keeps sports in general just keeps me, you know, stress out of the, you know, keep the, how do I say this? Um, keeps you kind of in a zone, you'd say? Yeah. Like separate, separate from everything and you can kind of yeah, yeah. focus on me, that. Right. You know, just the thought of like doing, you know, competitive sports and just, you know, working towards your goal. And then when you actually get it, it's, you know, it feels great, you know, make you feel like I can do anything, you know. Mm-hmm. And kind of going off of that, what is sports kind of meant to you? You talk about patience, but like, what have you learned, um, like, kind of from sports? You talk patience and kind of dealing with adversity. <laughs> But, like, what has that kind of meant to you on, like, a personal level? You know, it just, you know, it's personal because, like, you know, I made a lot of lifelong friends that taught me many lessons. You know, I was a, you know, beginning of time, I was a very angry person, just, like, you know, I had a lot of, I made a lot of friends in sports who helped me tone the anger down. So that's mm-hmm. why it's a little, it can be a little personal to me. I've also dealt with a lot of adversity because 
there were times where I thought I should have made a team and I didn't. And, you know, it was, it would, you know, it, for the longest time, and you know, I just, it just made me such an angry person, you know, just, I mean, I lived in Virginia, Northern Virginia, um, my whole, since middle school to, and throughout the whole um, high school. And uh, sports was, I always felt like I was disrespected in a way. And the way, you know, in terms of how, or I didn't get the respect I deserved around my, around the people around me. And it just made me pissed off all the time. So, and then obviously I had, when I met a few friends, you know, kind of keep it down and, it's not even just like sports in general, just to keep it down, like in, you know, off the field or off the court, whatever sport you want to talk about. But, um, gearing towards that a little bit, what kind of motivates you? You talk about kind of the adversity that you've kind of gone through, but like what yeah. has really like stood out to you? I just, it might be, you know, not trying to sound like, I just, you know, when to prove someone wrong, it's just great. You know, it's just like, I don't, it's not, it's just, I'm very, very competitive. I hate losing. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, that, just winning and just want to, I just want to win. You know, I just want to be the best I can be. And that kind of motivates me to push through. I also want to make my, you know, my parents proud, my, uh, my whole family, we're all big sports people, so don't want to disappoint anybody, you know. Mm-hmm. And you talk about your competitive nature. Where does that, like, come from? Is it just from kind of, like, doubters doubting you? Or, like, what gives you what gives you that, like, edge that, like, you think that you can beat? Not necessarily be beat, on- but that you can be, like, the most competitive and be the best one out there. To be honest, I, I don't know where it's coming from because – I honestly think you're just born with it. You either have it or you don't. It's just more like, you know, you, uh, I mean, my dad, I mean, I don't know if it's genetic or anything. My dad was almost just as competitive. I I think I'm the most competitive person in my, in my family. But, um, or my brother's no different. I mean, we just, I mean, there are stuff that make me a little bit, but I, more competitive but like when I see someone you know run their mouth or anything that kind of feels a fire but still it's a I don't really need any motivation I just think I'm just competitive at you know at the overall and just born with it honestly do you feel like that competitive kind of edge um does anything for you personally like obviously we talk about sports and like having a competitive edge kind of like helps you but like also in terms of like getting a job, um, obviously your communication, yeah. you know, deciding between journalism and sports com, do you feel like that yeah. kind of edge kind of brings the best out yeah. of you when you're kind of yes. competing with, uh, you know, other, other candidates and kind of how does that, what's your kind of mindset on all of that? It's more, yeah, it's, again, I'm very, not even just sports, it's just, you know, it's, let's say like I'm in class or something. I see like some person next to me writing notes or whatever. I'm like, okay, now I got to write more notes than this person. It's just like just to be better than this person or I did, 
it doesn't sound like a nice thing to be to be it's more just you know whatever it is just to get to whatever it is that help motivate you help motivate you to uh get by and you know to keep going you know mm-hmm. would you say kind of your competitive nature feeds off of other people instead of being competitive because like I would say I'm a pretty competitive guy myself and I feel like mm-hmm. there's different there's different niche of competitiveness. I feel like at times you have to be competitive against other people trying to, you know, get the job or whatnot. But like also you gotta be competitive kind of in the sense of just being competitive and making sure that you're better that you're a better person yourself instead of comparing yeah. yourself to others. What is kind of your mindset um on that as as well? You talk about kind of, you know, competing with someone notes, but is yours more just like personal against the next person or do you have that competitive nature kind of against yourself as well it's against myself more but it's like i also think my competitive nature can be contagious sometimes i mean like i know i said like you can either be born with it but i still it can be helpful sometimes like you know let's say if i'm on a four by four by one team and track and i'm like you know we're in practice i'm i'm pushing I'm working so hard just to try to like be the best person I can be. And that's when someone, I feel like when someone sees that, they're like, damn, I gotta like, I gotta, I gotta work this hard too, you know? And that like, and I feel like that makes them more competitive too. So I think sometimes my competitive nature can be contagious as well. Would you say at all that your competitive nature could be a downside in the sense of you're so focused on yourself and not necessarily like others? Because I feel like that's kind of lost, lost sight in things, Um, trying, mm-hmm. trying to be competitive in your own right, but also trying to be, you know, not necessarily a good human being, but trying to be more like more caring in the sense of like, oh, that person didn't get a job or that person lost and kind of being oh, more yeah. of a teammate instead of like, hey, it's a competitive game out there. You know, I always got to compete because mm-hmm. I feel like, at least from my perspective, I feel like I'm almost at certain points too competitive and don't look at the other side. But then on the other side of things, it's the opposite. I'm too caring, too kind, too, you know, whatnot, and not enough, like thinking about yeah, myself. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people know who I am, and they know I'm a really nice person. It's like, I've been on both sides, you know, losing and winning. And, you know, it's obviously, you know, losing sucks. And I've been, I've been there. So it's like, I've cried about losing. I, it's, it sucks. So when someone, when I, when I have to beat someone, and I, when I see them sad, and I obviously go up and tell them, like, look. I've been there. It's like, you know, I, I, you know, make sure to tell them, you know, it's okay, you know, because I feel bad. It's like, you know, everyone has, no, not everyone has won everything. I mean, you'd be lying if you said you did, but, you know, as much as I hate losing, you know, losing also helps you get better. You know, you more about it, more of a learning experience, and that's probably what I would just tell you know my opponent or whoever is in my way of winning. And you kind of talk about trying to be more, more like um, I guess more caring in the sense of that person's losing, and you talk about crying when you lose. Everybody kind of does that, but would you kind of 
like say that you're more of an emotional guy because kind of the difference between competitive and emotional are like completely opposites. Um, mm-hmm. So what would you, would you say you're emotional? Would you say you're a mixture of both? How would you kind of describe yourself um, in that sense? I think I'm a mixture of both. I'm a very emotional person. I'm not even just talking about sports, just in general. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm always been an emotional person. You know, I'm very passionate, you know, I have a lot of, uh, I have a lot of passion for, I'm very passionate about a lot of things, you know? So I think that's what makes me very emotional. Sometimes I don't show it. And then sometimes I haven't, I have no choice, but to show it, if that makes sense. Like you Uh can't like hide it, but I think my passion for things makes me very emotional, as I just said earlier. So, yeah, you talk about your passion. What would you say you're most passionate about? Um, um I don't, I'm not really sure. <laughs> it's just, it's, it, it depends on a day, honestly. It depends. <laughs> So what would you say you talk, you talk, it's kind of depends on the day. What, what, like kind of going through your mindset, like what is like a normal, it's a lot, it's like, a, a, not it's like a, a, like, what is it like passionate about? Like, is it like, is it in terms of like what you want to do next? Or is it more in terms of like bettering yourself? Like what are kind of the passions that like are in your head as like a wide topic, if that makes sense, or are I they completely I'm- different topics? They're just completely different topics sometimes. Like sometimes, you know, I'm passionate about winning. I'm passionate about my beliefs, not even just sport, just like, you know, religious beliefs. Or I'm passionate about things I like or, you know, there's a lot of things. Mm-hmm. It's, again, as you said earlier, it's just a, bit, a bunch of different topics. So it's like whatever day it is, whatever I'm mostly focused on or Whatever going through my mind, I guess that's what I'm mostly passionate depend on that day. So, uh-huh. And then we talked earlier, kind of your calm right now, deciding between journalism and sports communication, kind yeah. of like 10 years kind of down the line. Where do you kind of see yourself at this point? Obviously, we still got plenty of time. You know, mm-hmm. we're both sophomores trying to figure everything out. But what would you say you're kind of looking forward to um, like down the line, like 10, 20 years down the line? Oh, I don't know. I'm gonna be ten years. It's, <laughs> it's you know, hopefully, you know, maybe be a journalist one day, maybe uh, something in that field. But you just you just never know what's what you know. You don't even know it. Nobody knows what tomorrow is gonna be like. I mean, that's why you know you treat every day like there's no tomorrow. It's like. It, but it's like, again, I have no idea. It's I, I hope, I hopefully, hopefully I'll be like a, a journalist one day. And, you know, if there's any other things I'm more interested in, then so be it. But I guess the way it seems now, I'd rather, I guess I'm saying right now what I hope to be, but what I think to be, again, probably a journalist. But again, who knows what 10 years from now is going to be like. Yeah, kind of everything changes and you kind of never know what's going to happen next in that sense. But kind of, I guess, kind of gearing towards the end of, you know, part one, 
you know, you talk about like the people around you know you for who you are. What would you say is like one thing kind of the viewer might not like the typical viewer who might not necessarily know who you are. What would you like to tell them um, to get to know you a little bit better? Obviously you talk about competitive nature and you're a competitive guy, but kind of what else, uh, what else do you bring to the table? Um, I'm really, really, I, mean, I, I hate saying this. I don't like, it's like, I hate saying this about myself. I'm about myself. I, I find myself a really funny guy. Like, I really, I, I like to joke around, you know, have fun, not take things very seriously, as, as you know, as most people think this should be. You know, life is short to take two things, you know, things too seriously. So just enjoy it. You know, life sucks sometimes, but enjoy it while you, you know, and still try to enjoy it because. Um, always have, have this mindset, you know, thing can be, anything can be worse. So just enjoy and just enjoy life and just laugh it off. And just, I mean, that's what I'd like to do. Just laugh all the time. And just, obviously I can be an emotional guy sometimes, but eventually I'm just going to laugh it off later and just joke about it. You know, I joke about everything, everything. So that's one thing everyone I feel like should know about me. All right. Now moving over to part two, you know, it's Derek's discussions for a reason. We're going to discuss a lot of different topics today about sports. First, the NFL came out and all owners approved this. Uh, Players are now going to be able to use the number zero. Uh, Very interesting. Uh, I didn't really realize this was like a huge deal. Um, but what are your thoughts kind of on the NFL allowing players to be the number zero? I think it's great. It, it makes it interesting. You know, fans will love it. It will create more jersey sales for sure. Um, so in that regard, I think it's a good business move. But I, I, I just don't see any problem with it. You know, I it's just nice to see like a wide receiver wearing number zero. Or, or especially if you're a DB, like say you're a zero. It's just, I feel like those two positions in the NFL are are probably going to get it the most. Or if you're a quarterback, it's like you get zero. It's just any – honestly, it's going to be amazing. I'm, I'm really excited for it, honestly. That's, that's going to be hard for sure. Yeah, I think it's good publicity, and I feel like another thing kind of with that is you talk kind of numbers in general. Um, A couple years ago, the NFL kind of allowed – you know, beforehand they had rules in place where a quarterback could only be like one through, I want to say like 15 or one through like 19 as a one number. Through 19, yeah. well, that's now changed. So that's definitely good to see that they're more adapting to the younger generation. Mm-hmm. Um, we talked earlier, you know, during the little break, you're a San Francisco 49ers, uh, you know, fan. Brock Purdy right now is, according to GM John Lynch, is the quarterback. What are your what are your thoughts? Obviously, they brought in you know another quarterback and Sam Darnold. They still got Trey Lance. Purdy's still hurt. What are your thoughts, kind of, on the quarterback situation uh, with it's, the 49ers going with Purdy? It's it is um you know it's hard because I'm a vertical deep threat guy, and I think that what you know, if you look at the recent Super Bowl winners, I think those are those guys, 
you know, they know how to throw the deep ball. And that's something that concerns me with Brock Purdy, especially with that UCL injury. It's going to be a little bit limited even more. He was already limited in terms of the vertical deep threat. So and while he's very accurate and I think he's very talented, I'm also, as a 49er fan, I'm very concerned because with that UCL injury, it's like he already can't throw the ball that far. So it's like, or at least he hasn't shown it. Mm-hmm. So it's, you know, I think Trey Lance is uh, more of a deep threat, you know, in terms of his arm and his ability. Um, I want to give him a chance, but, like, even though he's never shown, he never got the chance. I mean, he did that one game against the Bears, but that was a rainy game, and we're not going to count that. But, um, I, again, it's hard. So, yeah, I would start Brock Purdy because – because we have no other choice. But again, I'm a, it's a 49er fan. We've got, we got what, five Super Bowls. I'm trying to get a six. We're, we're trying to get, uh, so I feel like, but you know, who knows? I mean, we can, it can be a game changing thing too, like short passes again. So I don't know. Would you say your kind of mojo for a quarterback is more of a gunslinger? Um, okay. That makes a lot more sense. Um, I'm a huge fan of Brock Purdy. I like Trey Lance as well. Um, Mm -hmm. I think both of them fit perfectly. I just think there's more chaos. Um, if Trey Lance was the quarterback, because he's going to want the ball in his hands to run. You have Christian McCaffrey, you have George Kittle, you have Debo Samuel, you have Brandon Ayuk for the moment he could get traded because of a contract. There's so many pieces that I feel like Purdy's a better quarterback because he can give it to the playmakers instead right. of Trey Lance having to be. Because I, I think Trey Lance is a playmaker. I don't think you need to have like kind of so many playmakers on the field at times. I like mm-hmm. both quarterbacks. I think they can't get really go wrong with each situation. I think long, t- short term, I think Brock Purdy is the answer. Long term, right. if you want to talk about explosiveness and being a dynasty, like. I, I said this, and I think Brock Purdy has a potential to be a top 10 quarterback in the NFL, but I also think Trey Me Lance too. has that to be the same as well. It just kind of depends on how dynamic you want your offense to be. With Brock right. Purdy, he's a guy who's going to be accurate. You know what you're going to get. He's, he, I think he's a, a very good quarterback. It's just he doesn't have the athleticism. He doesn't have the cannon. But if you go to Trey Lance, there's more cons- – it, it's, it's very tough. I think both quarterbacks are good. I think whatever you decide is going to be good. It just right. kind of depends on what you want. If you want more of a guy who's going to be accurate, give it to the playmakers, you go with Purdy. If you want a guy who's going to try to be more explosive and throw the ball down the field, more exciting, I guess you would say, you go with Trey Lance. Yeah. But I think the thing is people say that Brock Purdy has more raw talent than Trey Lance, and I think that's blasphemy. Trey Lance is more raw talent, but he's a lot rawer in the sense of there's a lot of – footwork that needs to be adjusted his arm slot needs to be adjusted accuracy needs to be adjusted there's more things to work on with Trey Lance than there is for Brock Purdy but I think Mm -hmm. at the end of the day the quarterback situation in San Francisco and you still have Sam Darnold as a backup he's third string I'm not saying he's a a good uh, quarterback but he's a good third string quarterback yeah and you know do I like the Sam Darnold you know signing maybe it's it's a Damn, damn good uh, third string. That's for sure. Like, I, um, 
that's better. That's probably one of the better, the best third strength in the league. If you think about all the third strength in the NFL, but um, right now, obviously, I would start Brock Purdy. He's so ta- I mean, I think he's so talented. He's he's very poised. I'll give him that. Like in a yeah. pocket, he doesn't he doesn't take a lot of. That was my biggest problem with Jimmy Garoppolo when he was playing. He took too many sacks, and it was very frustrating as a Fortnite fan to watch that. And I love Jimmy Garoppolo. He's a he's a really good professional. I think he uh very mature. You know, letting you know what he went through last year. Trey Lance taking the spot. He was very mature about it. He was very no drama or anything. I, I just love Jimmy Garoppolo. So I hope he does amazing and and uh and in Las Vegas and hopefully the Raiders will do well and that's weird coming from a 49ers fan because obviously those are they used to be our Bay, Bay, Bay Area rival but again I love Jimmy Garoppolo I hope he does well but for now I think Brock Purdy should be the starter and if he does well then keep going but obviously Lance will be there and um He'll be there. He'll, I think he'll be locked in and ready to go if he has to take that job. Continuing on with the NFL kind of mantra, we got two quarterbacks, and there's a lot of controversy around which of them, both of them, to see where they're going to go. Uh, we're going to start with Rodgers because I think it's pretty clear what's going to end up happening. Um, I think he's probably going to go to the Jets, but there's a lot of situation going on how much are the Jets going to give up uh Jets got Lazard Jets want Odell they want other players as well to help out uh Rodgers going to be definitely interesting what are your thoughts on uh Aaron Rodgers a a run um (laughs) it's wow it's like he they haven't made any moves so obviously he's technically on a Packers but well, if when he he obviously we all know he, he's most likely gonna like ninety nine percent sure he's gonna end up on a Jets. Um, what I don't like about the whole and I love Aaron Rodgers, so don't take this the wrong way, but like, well, I don't like how he handled this whole situation. It was more of like attention seeking in my in my opinion. Yeah, and um. I know a lot of Judge fans. I'm friends with a lot of Judge fans, and they feel the same way. It's like when they tell when he's he's acting like he's the GM of the team, even though he's not even on the team, t- telling them to get Alan Lazard, Randall Cobb, all these players. And I just found out like recently, like a week ago or so, something like that, that he told the Jets GM that he want they want OBJ on there. It's like. I think he needs to. Someone needs to tell him like where his place is. Like it's not all about just him, and he's just gonna whine, moan, whatever, and like what he's been doing for the last four years. And I'm tired. I'm kind of sick and tired of it. But he's the most. He's he's probably the most talented quarterback of all time, on behind Patrick Mahomes. So you know, I get he. I get. Arguably, well, I'll put that. I'll put that in. Arguably, the most talented behind Patrick Mahomes. But mm-hmm. um, so I get why he has this big. I think his ego is a little higher than it needs to be. That's fair. I just think that this at the at this point in time, kind of leagues in general. You look at this with an NBA. It's basically a players led league. I feel mm-hmm. like quarterbacks in the NFL is kind of trending in that direction with kind of everything going on. 
So I, I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing. I just kind of want to point out the point. Most people don't like Aaron Rodgers, not because of he doesn't like his family. That's another. That's a whole different discussion. It's kind right. of like what he stands for. Um, obviously the anti you know vaccine and getting a different vaccine was kind of a huge story. Um, you know it's it is what it is at this point in time. It was definitely that's where the most scrutiny comes from with Rogers. Just kind of their disagreement on what kind of path he takes. I feel like that's hard for a player. And I feel like when we look back at athletes, I feel like what is done perfectly was how Derek Jeter did it. Um, he talked, he, he, he was kind you couldn't really figure out until this day, you can't really figure out if he's one side or the other. He kind of made sure that kind of everybody liked him. He was a likable guy. I feel like that's how players should be a little bit more, but that's kind of just my opinion. What are your thoughts on kind of athletes and whether they should voice their opinions, whether they should be liked by both sides. Like, obviously, they kind of got to be their, be themselves in their own right. But I right. feel like athletes have to be a little bit more likable than they kind of are nowadays. Yeah, I think um, the media taking a big role in this when they um they push a lot of narrative and a lot of agendas toward deep players. And sometimes it's not true, or sometimes it is true. But it's like. I think the uh, I don't think it's I mean yeah it's changed but not as much as people think it's like it's it's a you know these people really need to realize it's a business on both sides you mm-hmm. know it's a business on a player side it's a business on a t- uh, owner or front office side you know. It's, you know, people want to talk about loyalty and everything, but it's a business. You know, there's no there's no loyalty in you know in business. You have to make your decision whether what's best for you for the player and what's better, and then front office have to make decision what's best for the business. So it's sometimes when two things can be true at once, but sometimes that when those two things are true, they can cause chaos. Yeah, you know. I think the business point is is a perfect perspective of it's a business and the media's attention kind of has had a huge impact on kind of athletes and their kind of mojo. We're going to move on to Lamar Jackson. Um, where, where do you think he lands? He requested a trade. There's been potential rumors, Patriots, Falcons, Jets, Lions were in there as well. Teams in there. I know I'm missing other teams as well, but where do you think Lamar at the end of the day is going? He could also just stay stay with Baltimore too. That's another option. Mm-hmm. I don't think he, he, I, if, if the Ravens don't trade him, he will not play. I'm just gonna say that I don't think okay. I just don't think he will. I just don't think he's he's gonna sit out. If I'm Lamar Jackson, I'd be like, look, I'm not playing for you guys. The way the way they treated Lamar Jackson is it's just grossly unfair. He's an he's a he's an MVP. He what he led that team with no what they had. I don't think they had a Pro Bowl wide receiver. Has he have ever had a Pro Bowl wide receiver? I mean, if he has, let me know. But it's like I mean, he's got Mark Andrews as his weapon as a tight end. Right. I mean, I mean, he's I mean, the way he plays football is different than the typical quarterback. That's all. It's like true. you don't really necessarily need that number one guy. Um, right. Because he's a like we talked about with Lance, he's more of a playmaker instead right. of a kind of you know delivery of the football. So it's like you can say he hasn't had that number one receiver. He's had decent receivers, okay receivers, never that right. one guy. 
but I don't mm-hmm. feel like that's necessarily an issue with him because no. he's so much of a playmaker. I think the more issue is just the contract and the negotiations and how they handled his injury. He kind of wanted to play it cautious. They kind of wanted him to be going right. back. Like it's it, like it's a front office and an agent issue. I just feel mm-hmm. like there's a miscommunication between those two. Mm-hmm. I just think, you know, what it's like with that, if you go the whole Deshaun Watson, you know, contract kind of ruined the whole yeah. QB quarterback market. It's like mm-hmm. you got, you know, just weeks ago, Daniel Jones just, I mean, sorry, Giants fan, but he finessed that team with that money. And it's like, I think, I don't think he deserved, what did he get? Like 30? Daniel bucks? Jones got $40 million plus incentives. Yeah. Um, I'm a Giants wow. fan. I think based on the market, you kind of had to do it. It's kind of the same thing with Aaron Judge. Based on the market, you kind of have to pay him. Are they actually worth that much money? I mean, it's really hard to say, but it's about the market. And in this this new modern NFL, it's kind of like quarterbacks get paid, kind of basically nobody else gets paid, which I think is just kind of stupid at this point, especially with the cap. Having a cap, uh, you know, having obviously a salary cap and everything like that. Yeah. But as a Giants fan, I'm not too upset with the Daniel Jones contract because it's kind of where the market is. Obviously, I would right. like to get them for less, but it is what it it is what it is at this point. The first two years are a lot of money, and then you can kind of get rid of them after that. But it is you what can, it is, and you can always recon you can always re uh construct the contract. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You can, so you can so um. So yeah, you can always do that. But back to the like Lamar Jackson, I think he he deserved to get paid. You know, he deserved that money. I know he's been uh, hurt all these times, but you know, there are a lot of guys I feel like who've been hurt and they still got their money. Yeah. And um, I just don't think I just thought they treated. If I'm Lamar Jackson, you treated me unfairly. Now, what the team I think going to go to, I think the best fit is um, probably the commanders. You know, you just got a new mm-hmm. offensive coordinator, Eric Bieniemy. Um, Obviously, we know what his t- success was with the Kansas, with Kansas City, two Super Bowls. Um, he can kind of, like, bring that over with Lamar Jackson. Mm-hmm. You know, not that Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes are very similar, but – in a way, they can be. They're both like dual threat. In a well, uh, Mahomes is more. You know what I'm talking. about. I know what you mean. So, they're both. They're both elite, elite quarterbacks in their own right. They have right. different playing styles, but they're right. They're they're both the guy, if that makes sense. Right. Exactly. So, you know, both. You know, Mahomes a two-time MVP. You know, Mar Jackson one-time MVP. You know, he has a lot of talent, and he can throw the ball so. I mean, he just. You know, it's he, he. I think that's one underrated aspect in his in Lamar Jackson game. You know, his ability to throw the deep ball that no, not a lot of people I think talk about him as much as they should. And people want to talk about how how fast he is, how much he runs, but he can pass the ball pretty good too. He has a really talented arm. You know, I think. You know, he there was a point was. He did lead the league in like passing. Some I don't know what stat it was, but yeah, I know what you mean. I think it was like touchdowns or something like that. Yeah, so it's you know the the brother can play, so it's you know I think if you go now, I would hate it if he went to Commanders. But I'm not that much of a Commanders fan, but 
for him personally, I think that's the best fit for now. I want him to go to the Falcons, but I just saw some earlier today that that the Falcons don't seem invested in trading for Lamar Jackson. So I think that's that team is out of the question now. But that's fair. You know, but um, I think the Commanders would be a good place for him. So I think maybe they'll she'll be traded there. If he doesn't get traded, she won't play. But if he does play next year, I think it'll be the Commanders. See, I completely disagree on the point of Commanders. Uh, the Commanders have talked about Sam Howell being their starting quarterback. They want a young guy. Yeah. I don't think he really fits their roster either. Just on how they're structured, they seem like they need a, more of a quarterback quarterback. Let's be honest, yeah. Lamar Jackson's not a quarterback quarterback. I understand your point on the Falcons being out on it. I think it's a perfect fit. I, I look it is up, a perfect fit. I look up and down on this Falcons roster, and all I see is mediocre, 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 mediocre. Medio- if they yeah. are okay with being mediocre, then okay, stick with it. But yeah, if you yeah. add Lamar Jackson to your team with the Atlanta Falcons, you are in the playoff contention right away, even right with away. having mediocre players. Obviously, right. they got to draft well. The interesting connection, though, will be, let's say Lamar Jackson goes to the Falcons, how we connect with two guys in particular, Drake London and um, Kyle Pitts. Those are going to be the two question marks. Pitts. Those are the two question marks that I see with this team. How is he going to connect with those two guys? But when you talk about Lamar Jackson, his biggest issue with the Baltimore Ravens is money has not been spent on the offensive line. That's a huge concern for him. I think it's Atlanta is a perfect choice for basically everybody involved because I don't feel like, yes, the Falcons will give up a first-round pick this year, a first-round pick next year, but like you're getting Lamar Jackson. Are you really going to get that guy? Desmond Ritter is okay. He's mediocre as well. He's going to turn into maybe an average quarterback at best. I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't see a problem of where you're not going all in at this point. Your division is wide open. The Saints have right. Derek Carr. They're eh, iffy. The Buccaneers I mean, have Baker yeah. Mayfield. They're not very good. They're going to have a down year. Yeah. The Panthers. I don't know who they're going to draft at quarterback. They seem to be like the right. team that can really make a run. But even then, they traded DJ Moore. They don't really have many weapons. Um, with the Panthers, they should be making moves as well. Like right. I think now is the time to go out and get Lamar Jackson while that division is open. You set yourself up for the future. I think they all they got to do is upgrade that offensive line, just get better players, and continue to develop some of your mediocre players. And I think they're right. in good shape. But if you don't get Lamar Jackson, you're okay with being mediocre. You're okay with continuing to develop your guys and take time, which I completely understand. But I think Lamar Jackson's the guy to go to uh, Atlanta. We're going to turn the page a little bit. Basketball. Uh, college basketball, we're going to wait to the end because there's not as lot, not as much to discuss. But NBA, it's been an interesting season. Uh, trade deadline yeah. was interesting. You see you know, Kevin Durant leaving. You see Kyrie leaving. Brooklyn Nets are still doing pretty decent, I would say. Um, in the standings, they're still at that seed, but we're gonna get into it. You know, we talk easy. I think the West is ten times better than the East. But Me too. When you look at these teams, we're gonna start with the East because it seems like the East isn't as good. Who do you who do you like in the East? What are your sleepers? Just talk to me, kind of about like what do you see in this Eastern Conference right now? The Eastern Conference is so. I think it's. It's weak, weaker than people think. I I don't think the Knicks are as good as they really are. I think they only have that 
you know, good record because they're in a weaker conference. I think the only team to have a chance of winning of the NBA Finals are the Bucks and Celtics. I don't think the Sixers are going to win because I don't think uh, Doc Rivers is a is – a, he's a good coach, don't get me wrong, but, like, and I know he won a final, but that was back in, like, what, 2008? It's Something like, like yeah, that. Yep. Yeah, so it's like, and his playing style is just—it's not what it's, the game has changed since then. I don't, I don't think Doc Rivers has yet to uh, to adjust to the playing style it is today. Um, so I don't think I think either it's either the Celtics or the Bucks are going to the finals, and and, and I'd be actually shocked if it was any other team. Maybe maybe I could see the. Uh, Okay. Nothing. No. I just. It's, I feel like you see only. I can only see the Bucks or the um, or the Celtics. And then, so, the Knicks. No, they're not going anywhere. I, the Cavs. I know they made their first playoff appearance. Or no, first whatever first like winning season since or first playoff appearance without LeBron since 1998. I saw that the other day. But they're not going. To, I don't think they're going to be. Uh, they're going to the final. I don't think um, the the Hawks are going. It's like these the these this Eastern Conference teams are very weak. I think whoever comes out the West is going to win it all, unless they're playing the Bucks. I think the Bucks are the only team that I don't think the Celtics can beat any of the top teams in the West. But I think the Bucks can. See this. This is where I'll say about the East. Who can get to the finals? I think it's open. I think I can see the Bucks, the Celtics, the 76ers, the Cavs, or Knicks. I don't see both of those teams. I see one of those teams. I'm not sure which team I see. But I agree mm-hmm. on your point of who, who I think can win the NBA title in the East. I think it comes down to – actually, I think it comes down to three teams in the East. I think it's Bucks, Celtics, and 76ers have a realistic chance of winning the finals. But mm-hmm. I see all five, all five top seeds in the East to make the finals. I don't know. I I think the West is stacked, but I still believe, you know, the NBA playoffs aren't as kind of chaotic as college basketball. But I definitely think it could happen right. where it could be a little bit of chaos, where the four or five matchup could upset the Bucks, and you know, so on and so forth. Moving over to the West, it, it, John Morant is back. Um. I don't know how I feel kind of about that situation in a whole. It's kind of like tough to say what 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 my real opinion is on that, but he's back. The West. Um I look at this West and I feel like the team every single time I look at this West, a team I can keep saying is underrated is the Sacramento Kings. You right. look at their home and away records. To me, it looks like it is it's the best home and away records that I've seen. They're good both home and away. That matters. Right. Both teams if you look at every single team, both teams like every single team home and away is not that good compared to Sacramento. Um right. that's what I in the West, I've said Memphis in the past. I don't know. I've said the Clippers in the past. It all depends on John Morant for me. If John Morant is there and he's, you know, got his mind in gear and not thinking about other stuff and horsing around right. and you know, all that other shenanigans that go on about John yeah, Murray. Yeah. I think Memphis is the team um, to win in the West. Everybody says Denver. I don't, I don't know. You look at Denver, you, their, their away record is not that great. You can right. say the same thing about Memphis. 
but John Morant is a different animal. You talk about what he did at Murray State. He basically carried that team. I think it was to a Sweet 16. I can't remember exactly. She lost a round of 32. Okay, so we got them past one round, and they played a close one. Like, he's battle-tested. I think he's the guy. He also has now Jaron Jackson Jr. as well, and he's been playing a lot better. He's an under-the-radar player, in my opinion, because he can shoot the three, and he's still 6'11". Um, he can stretch the floor. I like him as well. Um, but I, I'll, I'll go with Memphis. Um, I'm not too, too confident, but I feel like it's a decent pick. The only question I have is how they would do on the road, which mm-hmm. I don't know. I feel like Jock can really step it up, Um, especially with his suspension. He was out for eight games. So mm-hmm. I think that helps. I kind of think that helps Memphis in the long run where he's a little bit more rested than some of the other guys. I think load load management is not a good thing necessarily, uh, but I think it could be a good thing um, in the long run when talking about the playoffs. Yeah, see, I kind of – I I respect that. It's a good thing, but I disagree. I don't think the Memphis Grizzlies are going to even get to the Western Conference Finals because think – I think a lot of people, well, not a lot of people, and I'm not even biased because I've been hard on them all year, and I'm a Warriors fan, but I also think despite the fact that they're so bad on the road, they're also so good at, at home, and I think that's a big thing coming through the playoff. They got championship experience. They got playoff experience. They got the best shooter of all time. They got the best shooting backcourt of all time. They got you know, a former defensive player of the year, Draymond Green, who can also facilitate the offense just as well as any point guard, many point guards in the league. He can, um, you know, we have, you know, we just got GP2 back, you know. So now maybe they're not my pick, but I wouldn't be surprised they get there. Um, I think if the Warriors were to play the Grizzlies, I still think they would pull it out in seven because, I, while the Grizzlies are more talented, I don't think they have enough veterans to keep the youngins like. Fair, fair enough. That's a fair point. I just, I mm-hmm. just, you look at this Golden State and you look nine and twenty nine on the road, but they're it's in the terrible. plane. It's it's terrible, and you're it's in the crazy. playing game too. So like, it's crazy. Like that's I, I don't know how that's gonna work in the playing game. That concerns me just in the playing game itself because I don't mm-hmm. know how if they get home field advantage in the playing game. Okay, I I have confidence, but if they don't. I don't know, um, but mm-hmm. but what's your team in the West? Who do you got? My team in the West right now, it's I don't I've never had a team in the West to pick. Honestly, I just all I know, I, you know, it's not. It's like the I don't see the Nuggets. I don't see the Grizzlies. I don't maybe the Kings, but they're so young, and I think they, I think a lot of people don't talk about this about the Kings at that. Mike Brown at their head coach, and he was he was the assistant coach for the Warriors for the when they're during that whole dynasty. If it hasn't ended, if it's it's a, you know if it ended already, you know that's another discussion. But um, Mike Brown is a hell of a coach, and he also he was the that, coach with LeBron James um, early right. on in his career. So I think and yeah, and excellent. I still think and I still think Cleveland paying them for that, but that's another discussion. But um. Or they were still paying him for a long time. But, yeah, Mike Brown, adding Mike Brown to that team was a really good step to um, to change the whole franchise. You know, obviously, De'Aaron Fox, oh, my God, he's nasty. You know, you have Harrison Barnes, who, you know, who has, 
who definitely had playoff experience too. And, you know, he won the finals in 2015 with Golden State, played a huge role, you know, um, in the playoffs and a few series here and there. Um, you know, you have uh, Sabonis, who can, uh, you know, who can rebound pretty well. Um, that team is nasty. You know, they are, that's not a team you want to see in the playoffs. And, you know, how long, what they're, you know, that's, anyone who's trying, you do not want to see the Kings. But my pick probably, I'm probably going to pick the, um, maybe Golden State, but that, that's probably like, if they can fix, you know, they can probably, I do have faith in a little bit to fix up, you know, the the road woes in the playoffs. A lot of people might disagree, and you have every right to disagree. I, again, I'm not very confident in it at all. But you could, and it, that's why it's so interesting this year. Because a lot of people, not a lot of Western Conference teams, you can go to the finals this year. It's not, it's very competitive. You know, as you see, like, to the fourth seed, to, like, 10 seed. It's all, like, in five games or under between those teams. And it's it's really cool to see, so... I can't wait to see how it goes and, you know, whatever happens, happens, you know, it'll be interesting. Yeah. It's sure. def- yeah. It's definitely going to be interesting to see. And it's four games that the OKC at 10 are back of uh, three games that they're back of the uh, Phoenix Suns at, at, at four. So definitely it's a tight crazy. race. So it's, it's going to be interesting to see what happens here mm-hmm. um, in the NBA. We're going to turn the page uh, college basketball. We got it down to the final four. It's been chaotic. I'll tell you that much. Um, yeah, for sure. It's been more upsets than I feel like more people expected. Uh, more right. upsets in the sense of like after the first round, there was only like five or six upsets in the first round, but kind of right after the first round, we really started to see upsets uh, pick it up. We got two matchups, San Diego State, FAU, Miami, UConn. Um, who, who do you like coming out of those two games and who do you, who's your national champion? Um. I think San Diego State versus and it's, and it's going to be San Diego State versus UConn. I think UConn is going to bring it out to win the chip. And my own, my reasoning because if you look at you know out of a conference, you know out outside of the division or conference, UConn's undefeated outside of the conference. And they haven't lost a game, and they beat Alabama outside. They beat they beat a lot of teams this year. They're pretty good. And UConn is nasty. You know, they are physical. They have a, they have, what's his face? Um, Sonogo, Clinigan, Hawkins. I mean, Hawkins. It's, it's, it's just incredible. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, UConn has a, and that's the thing about UConn. They have a bright future, too. They have, you know, I have a friend, you know, Solomon Ball. He coming, he's coming uh, to UConn next year. I have, you know, they they are, and then Dan Hurley, you know, he's a he's a damn good coach too, you know. They're very, you know, he you can tell how much he wants, how much he brings out of these guys, and wow, you know, they have that front court is is powerful, you know. They're gonna get, you know what I mean. It's just I feel like 
But again, you don't know. That, that's, what, that's what's so crazy about the March Madness. You know, you have no idea who's going to win. Yeah, I, I look at this. I think before I, I get into, like, the predictions and everything, going into the Final Four is different. I feel like the amount of attention all these players are getting is going to be absurd when they get back, when they when they are at campus. Uh, that's going to be hard. It's going to be interesting to see who comes out flat. Um, in that sense, I'm concerned about FAU and San Diego State because you're going to the Final Four and all the attention is going to be on those schools. UConn, I'm a little bit concerned about just because Dan Hurley hasn't been there. Um, in Miami, I'm a little concerned, but I feel like the more concerns are FAU, San Diego State. In that sense, UConn also concerns me, but you know it's kind of been there before. UConn's been there. Um, FAU, San Diego State, I think is going to be a good game. I I feel like FAU coming in is going to start off weak just because of all the attention at their school. But I got FAU uh, winning that one, going to the national championship. Um, but I could see it to be an absolute blowout. But I like FAU in that one. I had FAU going to the Elite Eight in most of my brackets. So I trust FAU a little bit more than the actual normal viewer. But I'm going to go with FAU. Miami UConn, whoever wins this game is the national champion. Um, it's not even a question in my mind that whoever right. wins this game is going to be a national championship. I lean towards UConn, um, but I have concerns. I have concerns because UConn doesn't have a point guard. They have no point guard. That's a major concern for me, especially down the stretch. They don't have that guy to ball, ball handle the basketball. That's right. a con- that's a concern to me. Um. They haven't played a close game in this tournament. That's another. That's another concern. That's for me. also very concerning. You, you talk yeah. about UConn and how they're undefeated in the con- out of conference. The big, the Big East is is not what it used to be. So that concerns me. They didn't do well in the Big East. Another concern. Mm. There's concerns with UConn, but Dan Hurley. I love Dan Hurley. Um. I've talked to him probably about three to four times when he was at URI. Uh, great guy. The way he talks about recruiting, the way he's able to connect with college students, high school students, and just talk mm-hmm. about recruiting and how he shapes his roster and just kind of like his personality. <clears throat> like he's a personality of like a coach that you want to you want to be coached by. Not a guy who you want to run through a brick wall for, but a guy right. who's your actual coach and not going to be a brother, not going to be whatever, not going to be inspirational. He's right. going to be a coach who's going to continue to coach you, have you get better. And I look at this, and this Miami-UConn matchup, I think it, it scares me because I feel like if UConn wins this game, it's not going to be close. If Miami wins this game, it's going to be a nail-biter. I think that's the difference. And I look at all these Final Four games. I think UConn, Miami, I pick UConn. I think UConn's going to sweep them, like absolutely dominate them. Um, And I think that's why I have UConn. However, San Diego State, FAU, if San, if, if the game is a blowout, San Diego State's going to win. If it's close, it's going to be FAU. I got FAU with a comeback in the second half because I don't think San Diego State offensively can be there if FAU goes on a run. That's why I got FAU. Right. UConn, FAU, I think it's pretty clear. UConn's going to win the national. I don't think it's clear that UConn's not going to win the national champion or whether they're not or whatnot. UConn's going to win the national championship because mm-hmm. you look at this team and it's like they have missing pieces, but the run that they're on, it's historic. Um, it really is historic. Yeah. Sanogo is a beast. 
like a monster Clinigan, a backup center and he probably could start for almost any single team in division That's one just, it's to just me, crazy seven two he can rebound he can shoot he's not a three-point shooter but he's he's good in the paint he's in my opinion, he has the potential to be better than Zach Eady because he doesn't foul and he can actually dribble and put the ball in the basket and not right. just rely on rebounds and you know easy touches. He can pass as well, which Zach Eady's not able to do. Um, right. Hawkins, Jordan He's Hawkins, a bad boy. he reminds me so much of the run that UConn made with Kemba Walker. He reminds me so much of Jeremy Lamb. The ability to shoot the three, the ability to drive and shoot jump shots. He right. is that guy. My only mm-hmm. concern, though, is they don't have a passer. Andre Jackson, yeah. I guess, is their kind of rebounder, yeah. you know, whatever. I don't know. He's a leader. I don't, I, he's, I don't, I particularly don't like him. That's my biggest question mark with UConn, but I, th- I think UConn wins, and I think it's, I think it's because of Coach Hurley. What he's able to bring out of these guys in pressure moments. He did it mm-hmm. at URI. He was at Wagner beforehand. Right. He's able to bring programs up. I get it. UConn, too. UConn is there every single year, like supposed to be that team. Mm-hmm. They weren't. He built them up. He's able to recruit guys that fit his system. They have a mantra. I don't know. There's something about UConn. There's something about Dan Hurley. I mean, I all always have a sweet spot for Dan Hurley just because of the way he talks the way he connects with people. And obviously mm-hmm. um, I'm a, I'm a roadie, not a roadie guy, but you know, growing up in the state of around, I feel like, you know, you gotta, you gotta rock with uh rock with Dan Hurley. He's a great coach. He's, 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 he's a, a great leader. Guy. He's a, he's a leader of men. And I think he's, he, he's definitely got him in him in it to win a national championship. Mm-hmm. I think Jordan Hawkins will be the MOP. That's yeah. just my pick. And I think he's a, he's just nasty. And that he just, Wearing 24 for a reason. <laughs> Salute to Kobe Bryant. As we wrap up episode 44, Cam, do you have any last words for our listeners out there? Hey, guys. Um, You know, spring is almost coming up. You know, you know the weather is getting warmer. Go outside and enjoy the weather while you can because it might be some cold day. But please enjoy the weather because it's very nice outside. <laughs>